1: Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo.
0: Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE.
1: That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, promo code COUPLE. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today, we have a treat for you. Two of our favorites, Matthew and Emily West.
0: Yeah, we first met them at an Easter brunch. It must have been five years ago.
1: Andrew, yeah. But Andrew grew up idolizing Matthew West. He's a Christian singer, songwriter. Yeah. Podcast host, five-time author, non-profit ministry leader, husband, two-time girl dad. I mean, I could go on.
0: Yeah, the, the list goes on, and Matthew was and is one of my favorite musicians of all time. He has uh, been nominated for a Grammy five different times. He won the 2018 Dove Award, Songwriter of the Year. He won an AMA award, a Billboard Music Award, and a K Love Fan Award. And his wife, Emily, is way cooler than he is.
2: I
1: mean, their all- story is abs yes. Their story is absolutely incredible. They talk about how They got engaged within three months of dating and meeting each other, which is
0: pretty quick if you ask me, but I respect it.
1: The story to a company that is incredible. They talk about the hardships of, um, being together and being married while he's on the road and he's on tour and she's a stay at home mom. I feel like they just, they have a lot of really good insight into how, um, the life of a musician and the life of a stay-at-home mom kind of works.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite things we talked about was the different expectations for what their family life would look like Um, One came from a more broken family, the other from a pretty, uh, I guess, healthy family. And so working through that was uh, really interesting in how they communicated to each other. So uh, Matthew also recently launched a new podcast called the Matthew West Podcast. And today, actually, our episode with him where he interviews us was released. So go check that out on the iTunes store, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. We had a blast.
1: He is an incredible interviewer. Please don't miss it check it out uh yeah i think we laughed the entire time i'm
0: not gonna lie our interview with them was pretty serious his interview with us was a straight clown so
1: you obviously have to listen to both
0: yeah so anyway before we jump into this episode with matthew and emily if you could uh subscribe to the show and give it a rating on whatever platform you're listening to that'd be great but let's go ahead and roll into this one with matthew and emily west Matthew, Emily, welcome to Couple Things.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having Great us. Great to be here. <laughs> it's good
0: to see your faces. Uh, yeah. Honored that you came here. We were just on your podcast last week, I guess. And yeah. that was a lot of fun. I'm, so much fun.
1: One of the best interviews we've ever been a part of. Really? I'm not really? exaggerating. What,
3: and you guys have been interviewed millions of times, so I know that's not I true.
1: mean that, though. <laughs> you were like, had such purpose behind your questions, and then you kept like bringing it back around throughout the entire Oof. conversation. It was really good. good.
3: The, the hardest thing for me was you guys have both done so much and are doing so much that I was like, (laughs) I think this needs to be like a three part (laughs) interview. Like I was like, man, I can't even get all this. in. I wanted to talk about you guys are so fascinating. I wanted to talk about it all. So it was a lot of fun. We laughed a lot.
2: Here's my
0: question for you guys. How many interviews have you done as a couple together?
2: This is number two.
3: No way.
0: Oh, well, like oh, a podcast.
2: Mm, I mean we've talked on radio and stuff before together. But
3: very rarely. Very yeah. Rarely. so this is only our second podcast interview together. We were on Annie Down Annie F Downs yeah. podcast, yes. which is how we met her, and now mm-hmm. mine is on her network. but yeah. um, this is only our second one. And I'm excited about this because I love having conversations with Emily in the room, like
2: because mm-hmm. she's
0: such a light so. Do do you enjoy having these conversations or is this something that,
2: um, if you just talking about us, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? If it's anything harder than that, I would, would be very nervous, but I know us. This, yeah, Yeah. this is easy. Yeah.
0: So how did you guys meet?
3: Do you want to talk? You (laughs) do. So I was auditioning for a record deal and I was down to pretty much my last option. So all the labels had passed on me over the course of like three years So I got a call from Universal Records. They had started their Nashville office, and they gave me a shot to come in and audition for their staff. And so I went into Starstruck Studios, which is owned by Reba McIntyre, and all the executives were there. And I walked in to audition, and I thought it was going to be all suits and ties, and it was, but then there was Emily in the audience. And I was like trying to focus on getting a record deal but like (laughs) she definitely caught my eye but i was like no this you got a job to do here like you gotta you're not here for a girlfriend you're here yeah to get a record deal and i remember she came up to me afterwards and told me i did a good job but i was so nervous to talk to her and my hands were super sweaty that i just like i didn't shake her hand and i just kind of kind of brushed you off a little (laughs) bit it was only because i was super intimidated because i was like yeah, she's too pretty. Like, that's not going to happen. And if you saw pictures of me back then, like, I wasn't always this incredible.
1: <laughs>
2: but uh, So
3: that's how we actually met. Like, I wound up signing with that company. They, uh, they were the first and only label to offer me a record deal. Wow. And then she and I started dating from that, which I didn't realize we were dating until we had already been dating for like three or four weeks. Because I just, I thought she, I thought it was her job at the label to be nice, like uh, to welcome.
2: Oh. <laughs> right? Right. And I kept inviting him like to church and out with my friends and just, you oh, know. Funny. Getting to know him. So we were friends at first.
3: But then I was like, you know, you can, I'm signing with the label so you don't have to keep inviting me places. We went and saw Rascal <laughs> Plats, right? And she looked at me and she's yeah. like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, isn't this like. Are not you like the gr- the greeter or
1: <laughs> the <laughs> no, greeter? <laughs> Bless
3: it. And she goes, "No, I like you." Oh, like that's <laughs> why you were being so nice. So we got engaged within three months. No way. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's amazing. It's crazy.
3: It's crazy. Well, How did you
1: know? I was going to say I had like,
3: well, what's crazy is right before signing that record deal, I suffered this freak accident and I, I, I fell through a window. This is a long story. Oh my but gosh. I wound up in intensive care at Vandy and, uh, had severed an artery and had all this like it was crazy it, all these complications and so instead of me seeing my dream come true it just completely like all hell broke loose and uh she was with me the entire time so I actually had this scar that goes all the way down oh my, my forearm and it reminds me of like that moment so I cut my arm really bad I'm in the hospital for five six days and, but she stayed with me the entire time and we had just started dating. So, I, some of my most vivid yet hazy memories are I'm in the hospital, I'm on morphine, my arm is a, looks like from a war movie. And she would go to work. And while she was at work, I just kept thinking, I have to shave. Like I'm in a hospital gown and I didn't want her, we were still in that like dating, mm-hmm. like, this is not when you want to be seen in a hospital gown Mm. looking uh, like, and I remember getting up and trying to like, like, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So So I remember getting up and like trying to shave Mm. like before she would come back mm -hmm. from work. But um, that kind of trial, what we found is like that can be a huge catalyst in a relationship because you're, you're kind of thrown into the fire right away and she didn't leave me. And, she could have because, you know, I think she, you put it a certain way that really meant a lot to me about like people whose dreams don't come true.
2: Right. I just remember thinking, I would sit outside. I would let him rest when I would, after work, go and sit with him. And then he would kind of doze off. So I would just sit outside just to give him quiet. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, after a few days, because they had to, this is, they had to open up his arm to let it heal. And mm-hmm. he's just laying there and he's left handed. And I remember thinking, he, they didn't know if he would ever be able to use his left hand again. Wow. And, you know, you're a songwriter and you play guitar. like. And mm-hmm. I thought, do I want to be with him even if he doesn't get to pursue the dream of music, the ministry that he feels mm-hmm. like he's called to? I, you know, like that could lead to a really unhappy man. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, I'm I'm not going anywhere. You know, it was just a-
3: She met my parents that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my parents drove all night from Chicago. And I don't remember any of this, but she said like, my parents said they'll never forget that moment of like, they're walking down the hall at Vanderbilt and she was sitting outside the door and they all just started crying and hugging each other. And like, that's how they met. Wow! And uh, so I was still recovering and in physical therapy and my arm was like in this crazy brace and we're dating through that whole thing. She would help me tie my shoes. She would come to the house and like fix me a meal or help me clean my house and that kind of thing. And, I just was like, this is, this is like, this is the one, I don't know. Just, I, just the way she cleaned the house, I was like, yeah, she's a winner. She's a winner. She's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, I'm curious. Cause well, so you and Sean have
0: something in common. Neither Matthew or I sounds like it left a very good first impression. So what was it that was like, oh, I want to invite this guy to the Rascal <laughs> flats concert. Like, I'm just so curious.
2: Um, it honestly, it was how funny he is. I mean, clearly you, you know that by now, like I, I just, even now, I can, he can do something that just drives me absolutely crazy. And then he'll say something that is so funny that I can't be mad. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So uh, it was bad. I thought you could do that, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew
1: isn't like, it's not the words, it's the actions. You'll be annoying me, and then you'll do something absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. okay.
0: You think my dancing's ridiculous? Is that what we're... It's the dancing? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's it. <No. laughs> mm,
1: the yeah, wow. I don't
3: think I'm... I mean, it certainly was an appearance thing. Like, if she was attracted oh. to me, like, physically... Then she's got some. (laughs) No, he was so cute. He had (laughs)
2: highlights, blonde highlights. (laughs) He's kind of we're gonna have to pull up a picture. Uh, (laughs) We'll have to pull up
3: a picture. It's like uh, I called it like, uh, well, like in the contemporary Christian music scene, there was just an era of like highlighted blonde hair and it was just it looked it basically it's like oh that person's in christian <laughs> music it, it was that kind of thing but
0: we we interviewed jeremy and addy camp
3: and i was looking at some old, oh he also. was the king of that yeah. Look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure he was the king of that look his hair that's exactly what i had the frosted tips yeah <laughs> you should try that look
1: uh andrew yeah. had dreads i did have dreadlocks yeah, yeah. when you met no
3: before, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say one of no. the first impression, <laughs> but you didn't make a good first impression.
0: Terrible, I guess. I thought I made a. I thought I was like the funniest person on planet Earth. <laughs> our first date, and then she stood me up for like nine months. I was like killing
3: it.
1: I what? What's <laughs> <Was he> not? I <laughs> you were just
3: like this guy's not. It
1: was just a whole. It was the whole situation. Okay, make this as short as possible. <laughs> I was living in LA. I was just kind of in a rough place transition from like a bad relationship, whatever somehow had his number texted him late at night when I was with a girlfriend and I was like, you should come to LA and this is like 11, 12 at night when we're just sitting up being girls, wake up, fall asleep and wake up and he's in LA. And I was like, this is creepy. You send me
0: the invite. I'm gonna, this is really I'm
1: gonna make place, man. <laughs> and then wow. he doesn't have a place to stay. He isn't he didn't bring any clothes. He like nothing. We go on our first date and he's like, Yeah. Um, mind if I like bunk at your place? And I was like, This is forward. <laughs> it was just well, it was yeah, but there's. now knowing my husband, <laughs> it was the most sincere just attempt at meeting a human being and it was adorable. But I was just I was like, I don't know who this is. Yeah.
3: That's amazing. Yeah, Way to great. put it out there though. That's impressive. <laughs> I'm like, he just Can I jumped, jumped just on the Gotta jump take him a shot, you yeah. know, shooters shooters shoot. But why not pack a bag? <laughs> <laughs> like get-
2: <laughs> <laughs> Because
1: he actually <accurately, laughs> impulsively decided in the middle of football practice. So changed and barely made a flight to LA. Do you, I remember you telling me this? Yeah. And then yeah. you ended up meeting up with your brother like that night when Nicely you landed in done, LA. Man, yeah.
3: that's impressive.
0: Listen, this podcast is not about us. It's, yeah. it's about them. <laughs> that. That's a good yes. story though. Oh, I like it. Good. we did read something today. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it because it sounds like you experienced this, where um, to like have the right intentions in finding a spouse. You should pursue the friendship first. And then, like the ancillary, like looks, finances, or whatever else people look for, uh, it sounded like you guys had the opportunity to do that just by happenstance. Is that right? I, I'd
3: say, I'd say that's accurate, wouldn't you?
0: Oh,
2: for sure. Yeah, I, I, we definitely did. I mean, we were friends for a few months before we knew we were dating. Before he realized we were dating.
3: <laughs> well, a few yeah. weeks, a few, and then, yeah,
2: and then we got engaged. Yeah, later, but, I mean, I was
3: attracted to her. No doubt. I think I was also attracted to the fact that she was like this career woman. Like she didn't. And the fact that she was showing an interest in me before I had had any really notable success in my field. So honestly, that was pretty intimidating. For me. Like at the time, I remember that being like, why why would she like me? Like she she, I knew how many guys were after her and like way more successful than me. So it was like, I remember dealing with like insecurity a mm-hmm. lot. In, in our engagement, even, I was like, this just seems too good to be true. Like, why? And, uh, you know, but I think that it allowed us to really, by going, we developed a friendship by way of her seeing me at my worst, me seeing her at her best, and, and that was a really special thing. But, yeah, I do think now I look back and I'm like, it's harder to find somebody who is really, it, you always just want to know that you're finding somebody that loves you for who you are and not for what you do. And I think in all of our professions, you know, we've probably experienced Mm -hmm. that a little bit where I used to always gravitate to a girl who just loved the fact that I picked up a guitar and sang like, that was like, that's why you start in college, you know, Mm I'm playing. It's like girls liking that. And, uh, Emily was the first one that was like, she was already around the industry. Like she could have dated, country stars or whatever but she there was something about me that she liked and it wasn't the money in my bank account because it wasn't there at the time you know so I think I don't know it's like she was picking a stock that had potential but hadn't (laughs) hadn't fully matured yet
1: (laughs) I feel like though that's one of the biggest mistakes I feel like a lot of people make is you try to put on a front for your potential spouse or whoever you're dating and you try to become someone for so long and you get tired of it and then the other person's like, I don't know who this is anymore. And I think it's actually beautiful when you get thrown into the fire that quick because you actually get to see who each other are. I feel like we watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette and it's just like they paint such perfection. They set them up to have, of course, you're going to fall in love with someone. Right. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah. There's no hardship. Right. And it's not until afterwards that you actually learn. Yeah, the hard I, part of relationships.
3: The, in retrospect, like that trial, while I would have never wished it upon myself, that was a gift for us. And plus, my tendency at the time was, I was going, I was single minded, like I was focused on my career, one hundred percent. And I had broken up with girls in the past that it was like, like get behind me, Satan. I'm focusing on. It. Like yeah. that was like my mindset was like. Nothing's going to stop me from pursuing my dream of music. So what would typically happen is if I started dating somebody, then it came time to go on tour and I was doing my thing and building my career. I'd be gone for two months at a time, like driving myself to college campuses. And like I could care less about whoever I had been dating because I'm playing at Notre Dame or whatever for 200 kids. And that was like this stopped me from being able to run. Mm -hmm. and to be able you know i couldn't leave a situation and all those tour dates were canceled and i hit my rock bottom and it like kept me home and it kept it like opened my eyes enough to see okay maybe there's a there's a song i put on one of my records that talks just about it. it's called something greater and it says and i thought i moved to nashville just to sign a record deal but now i'm looking at it and i'm like oh like that wasn't why i moved to nashville it was because of It was for her, you know, so.
2: It's funny. I just, I don't know why this crossed my mind when you were saying that. Like, it all moved so quickly for us that when he called my dad to ask if he could propose to me, my dad, had you even met my dad? No. He goes, (laughs) and my dad is interesting, but he goes, you know, he's like, Mr. Bradley, I'd like to propose to your daughter. I I don't really know what he said. And my dad said, oh,
1: okay. Are you
2: frustrated with buying your kids clothes and having
1: them grow out of them literally within a week? I know I am then you need to check out Posh Peanut. I love this brand. Their clothes are amazing quality and made from viscose from bamboo. So they stretch with your kid as they grow and are four times stretchier than cotton.
0: They have different designs you can pick from, like Barbie, flowers, Disney, and Hot Wheels. So we let our kids pick out which ones they wanted. And of course, Drew picked the pattern with Disney princesses.
1: Oh yes, she loves her Disney princess pajamas. Plus, I swear their clothes get even softer the more you wash them, which usually... Doesn't happen with kids' clothes. I also love that their clothes are chemical-free, which means they're delicate enough for babies with sensitive skin, which is something we've been paying attention to for bear.
0: Posh Peanut is made for infants and kids, but they also have sizes for moms and dads if you want the whole family to match. Let's be honest. Every family has done a matching moment. And if you're not a parent, consider this a perfect gift idea.
1: For real, you guys. We love this brand, and they're loved by over a million parents. Check them out.
0: Right now, Posh Peanut is offering our listeners 20% off your first order with promo code EastFam. Go to poshpeanut.com slash EASFAM and use promo code EastFam for 20% off your first order.
2: I mean, she seems to really like you. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs>
0: it was not. Like that
2: was yeah, so it. Was not. A, not <laughs> because it, was it just happened so quickly.
3: Oh, yeah. Even my parents were like, dang. Like, is she pregnant or something? No, I'm just <laughs> yeah,
0: kidding. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> it was just <laughs> like fast, mm-hmm. but I just knew. I knew. And uh, I just, so we were, we met and we're married and within a year wow, mm-hmm. um, of, of meeting each other. That's so, awesome. And now we've been married 17 years. Yeah. So I'm curious, the the music touring,
0: this is quarantine has prevented you from touring this year, but
3: pretty much every other year you're on tour? Yeah. To some degree, yeah, 70 to 90 shows a year.
0: So we have friends that, not in the music industry, but I feel like there's parallels, whether it's like the military or uh, one of our friends is like a, a, a ship driver who's gone like three weeks every month mm-hmm. and then back wow. for a week. And it's like, how have you done that, Emily? I'm curious because mm-hmm. that's a big strain. We, we've been fighting through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, the raising a child together with two people is difficult. And then one person, if they're gone for 90 days, it's like,
2: right. Um, you know, it's always been this way. We've never known any different. It's almost feels weird, which we love it, but having him home now, this is, we were thinking the other day, this might be the longest stretch he's been Mm -hmm. home one other time, but it's just always been that way. And Mm -hmm. my kids are used to it. And I mean, I was raised by a single mom. So I had that, you know, the good and the bad of that example. Mm -hmm. So we just, he would go and we just you know, kind of, he would kind of, not laugh, but sometimes he'd come home and we would just be like, oh, hi. Just yeah. bringing him back into the fold has always been a challenge, I think, wouldn't you say, having kids. And, <laughs> you know, he misses a lot, but it's also like we got so routine and knowing yeah. how, what to do, and I knew mm-hmm. I was up in the night and I was driving everyone everywhere. and we, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
3: It's like when, when somebody's gotten good at you being gone, mm-hmm. that's really hard. Like, yeah. that's something that, like, for me... I've had a lot of guilt for a long time about the amount of time I've had to spend away from my family. And sometimes the only thing that'll get me like to snap out of that guilt is the few minutes that I'm on stage because I feel like, okay, this is the purpose for why, like I'm, I'm doing something good. I'm encouraging people, you know, people are finding hope and there's a lot of good that comes out of that touring, but there's just a lot of personal guilt that I've always dealt with that so when I'm on the road, I feel guilty for being home. When I'm home, sometimes I feel guilty for not, you know. And so that's just like a annual struggle and daily struggle for me. And so this season has been like, I mean, I, and I think I've heard people say, people have tried to describe, you know, for those who've actually enjoyed quarantine, they feel bad for saying that because there's obviously mm-hmm. so many people who are hurting and unemployment and mm-hmm. all those things the way I've put it is just that I feel like it's been bittersweet in that, like, you know, all of our concerts have been canceled. There's been a lot of like financial repercussions and having to try to take care of your employees and all that stuff. But at the same time, I've, I've been given a beautiful gift, you know, in kind of restoring some of the time that I've lost with my family. So there's like a, there's a worship song, called blessed be the name and it there's a part where it says you give and take away you give and take away but i'll still say blessed be your name and like i've been thinking about that song a lot lately in terms of our family it's like something's been taken away like money shows applause merchandise all that stuff that's been taken away but simultaneously i can see the gift and it's been kind of restoring some time with my daughters but there's probably been some moments in the last four months where they're like Go get on a tour bus. <laughs> like, leave us alone. <laughs> yeah. No, I
1: don't
2: think
1: you should. What love you. Has it been different from the start of your relationship? So you guys started basically when you weren't touring, you weren't the, the big name we all know now. How did you guys work through that transition of like going and pursuing your dream and getting signed and going on tour and kind of changing the way your lives looked?
2: I feel like I just always knew that would be. I just mm-hmm. really loved his music and felt like he was such a great communicator and I knew he was called to do this. But it, it it hasn't looked different for us. Like for us, he's still I'm sure he feels wait, he's still Matthew. And when he comes home I hand him the garbage, you know, to take <laughs> out and he throws his clothes on the floor and he's just <laughs> dad. I mean, even so much that our kids aren't really interested in people thinking he's cool. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like uh, teachers they, will play. They were play. way more
3: interested in meeting you guys. Yes. Like you it's so out. true.
2: They were so excited. But I mean, <laughs> even like a teacher will email me, we played Matthew's song during this and we'll say to Delaney, like, you didn't tell us that they played. And she's like, Oh Yeah. It's embarrassing. Do you know what I mean? Like, they don't want... So it's him being on the road. He's great about being intentional with all of us when he's home. But then when we go on the road with him, we're a part of it. You know, like, I'm working for Compassion. They're going on stage with him. Lulu sings a little. The kids are selling merch. Like, this is just all very normal to them.
3: We homeschooled our kids for four years to make a change because of... We just felt like these are some incredibly impressionable years. And it was like, okay... This is the struggle with dad's job, but with dad's job comes the opportunity to put, hey, we could, we could all go on a tour bus together Mm -hmm. and live the kind of life that few kids ever even get to experience. And you could see off all the states and you Mm -hmm. could visit all the museums and you could, I mean, and we had a blast i mean it was like this unbelievable experience for four years that was a total game changer and she was like a rock star homeschool mom and like we'd be on and the kids lived not all the time but like Mm -hmm. they would go on tour and they'd live on this tour bus they'd get off and it was their life was hilarious like Mm -hmm. they were just like you know which mall are we going to which museum (laughs) and i mean just the experiences that they had like behind the scenes at nasa and houston and like just all these you know i remember one of the neatest moments was uh do you guys remember you probably wouldn't the movie dolphin tale yeah about winter do you know the dolphin. Hell, yeah yeah, you, <laughs> no, you no. Love it. yeah. <laughs> but like it was it'd be moments like that where like the guy who owns winter the dolphin in this marine park heard me talking on the radio and said hey we'd love to take your kids mm-hmm. to have a personal meeting with winter, the dolphin. And like the kids were like,
2: this is the best thing mm-hmm. ever or cool. going
3: to Disney world. And like dad's playing there, but they don't. So they get this special, like they don't yeah. have to wait in all the lines. The one time I took them to Disney world where we were just going to Disney world. <laughs> they, I was like, I've raised some spoiled kids. Cause they were like, we're standing in line. They're like Dad just go tell them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not <laughs> It works. Damn. So, but, so we had some incredible times like that, but it did get to a point where it was like, selfishly, I would want them with me on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that what's best for my daughters? Is that what's best for the family? Not at this time. And that's why we put them in school. But those were some pretty cool moments. Do you guys, I don't know if you put
0: thought into this, but do you have like a, a mission together as a couple? Like, mm. I'm curious. Is it, Hey, we got to support uh, Matthew and his singing career. Like, cause I think Sean and I's operation is like, I am the support crew for Sean and my mission. I feel like kind of personally as man individually is just to help her flourish as much as possible. Wow.
1: And vice versa.
0: Yeah. Pro- yeah, Yeah. 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 But <laughs> I think, like now together we're, we're thinking about, well, how can we, you know, speak positive, positivity to other people's families? Like that's kind of what love we it. view as, as our kind of a niche. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have put thought into that or not.
3: That's a great way. Well, and you guys are doing that too. Like with your YouTube series, with the podcast, what I love is like, it's like you guys have been married for how many years? Four. Four. So to be married four years and already have a desire to go like, okay, maybe there's some other couples out there who are struggling to figure it out or they're looking up to you guys going, how do we stay together? I mean, because we know the statistics, we know how many marriages fail, Mm -hmm. we know how many kids grow up in broken homes, if I like I would say like. An element of our mission statement, and you can tell me. I mean, we've never like written it down or tattooed it on each other, but like <laughs>
0: on each other. But
3: <laughs> that could be a fun day. <laughs> but like, um, we've talked. One statement that we've said over and over again is refusing to fail oh, true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when it comes to our marriage. Like, the 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 word divorce is not an option. Mm-hmm. Like we we don't speak that word. That's probably maybe the only time I've said that word in our like we will. That is not an option. Mm -hmm. Failure is not an option. And we come from different backgrounds. So, you know, our motivation and yet our motivation kind of meets in the middle. So my parents been married, they're celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. And, you know, I've seen a lot more that I would care to repeat than Mm. that I care to discard. Emily's background, way different, way different. And so I've been inspired by her determination to... Create a new reality for her kids, whereas I'm coming at it going, mm-hmm. I want to recreate some of the reality yeah. that I had as a kid. But I would say, refuse to. What would you say? Oh, sure, and
2: I would say too. Ours is very, in my mind, it's very similar to what you're saying. Like I knew what I was getting into when I married him, and I knew we wanted mm-hmm. children, and I knew what that would make our family look like. Maybe not exactly, but I had a vision. You know, like I knew what that would probably look like, and. And our entire family is about supporting him. Absolutely. You know, there's not a show that he gets offered that I say, "Mm, don't do that unless it's like our anniversary or something. But we know that he's called to this. We know that he needs to go, you know, he can't stay home and, and, uh, get to enough people. So I would say it's absolutely that, but in that he's still doing that for us as well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. he's very supportive of everything our kids want to try and do. And he's a great motivator of them. Mm-hmm. Um And then the kind of the other side my aunt and I were talking the other day and like, I'm, I get everything done and he's fun. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? As far yeah. as our kids, cause yeah. you have to have both. Like yeah. I'm really not that fun. When, when he's out of town, I almost feel bad. I'm like, can we go get ice cream? You know, like I don't really have much. But he's, let's do a fire and let's swim. And he's out there playing basketball with him. Mm-hmm. And he's all the fun where I'm inside cooking and doing laundry. And, and I love that. I don't, mm-hmm. you know. But um, but that really works in our family. Yeah. It's just one person that gets mm-hmm. stuff done and one that's fun. And he, he works hard. I don't mean that. But you know what I mean? But yeah. we
3: also know, too, that like, you know, our type of lifestyle and the travel and like And there's going to be plenty of pitfalls along the way. I mean, every couple's going to have obstacles like whatever their normal is. There's going to be challenges of how do you stay connected? How do you stay communicating? How do you stay on the same page? And like having a mission as a couple, I mean, that's essential like to make sure, I mean, a mission means like that's something you're united in as a family and as a couple. And, you know, for us, like part of, the main way that we can say, all right, if, if we're going to refuse to fail, we know that we need help beyond what we can do. And so like, obviously like for us, it's like our faith is, is hugely important to us and the way that we're, you know, it's like, I know I look up to my dad, but I know who he was looking up to the whole time I was looking up to him. And I wrote, I wrote a song about that. It was like talking about like, Okay, he showed me that he doesn't always have the answers, but he's looking to the one who does. He doesn't always have the strength, but he's looking to the one who is strong. And I want to be that example as a dad. She wants to be that example as a mom where we're going to screw up. We're going to treat each other poorly. We're going to react poorly to our kids. But hopefully our kids will see, hey, you know what, mom and dad weren't perfect, but they were always pointing us towards a perfect God who loved us no matter what. And so I think... If we're gonna refuse to fail, we know the only way that we can succeed is by having help and our faith is a huge part of that. All right, I I am
0: curious, you guys are in the unique position of like a Christian artist and you're talking about setting an example for your kids, also other people. There's some unique pressures that come with that where like the the margin for error.
1: Everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt with like the quality and the fit is near impossible. I told you guys that I found Skims while I was pregnant, and now postpartum, I found the best nursing bra known to mankind from Skims. Well, they've outdone themselves again because they now have the perfect t-shirt, especially postpartum with a changing body. I can guarantee you, you won't find a t-shirt like it. I love also that Skims has a fit for everyone from the long t-shirts to the cropped. They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra extra small to 4x. After you place your order, select podcast in the drop-down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one.
0: It's is smaller, honestly, for for like Matthew West Christian artist, Emily West, you know, Christian artist, than it is for Sean and Andrew who are just like she's <laughs> she's an athlete, I'm an athlete. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And the example, it's 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 harder in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have experienced any. We have.
3: I mean, yeah. the, I mean, there's definitely. What were you smiling for?
2: No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <What? laughs> no, it just made me laugh. Okay. Permission uh, to speak freely, for you. Okay, unless just,
3: it's something like no,
2: no, no. Okay, so throw me under the bus. No, not something. at all. I never would. When we were first dating, and this is just a, just an odd thing. Okay, when we were first, date, first dating, he had this, uh, I don't even know, like Ford expedition. And he crashed it the day before we got married. And Dang. then he, I know, it was. and then <laughs> a few days later, we get dropped off literally at the Toyota dealership and we buy a Camry, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we love that Camry, mm-hmm. like I love a Camry, it's a good car. <sighs> And then he starts like meeting other songwriters for different things, like Christian writers. And they're picking him up in these like Mercedes. Yeah. And, and he's like, because he, that would not be something he would buy. Yeah. Just because of that, because yeah. of sort of the judgment, like, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. make you know. Yeah. So I have laughed at that because I'm like, you work hard. You travel all the yeah. time. <laughs> you leave your family. You buy whatever car yeah. you want. You buy the nicest car. And it is hard for him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely. I think in our genre, too, like I think people kind of. Whether they say it or just think it, it's like they expect, like they wouldn't expect Luke Bryan to take a vow of poverty. But like if you're a Christian <laughs> singer, yeah. you should take a vow of poverty or something. And so it's like, look, I've worked my butt off as a songwriter for other people and in other genres and as an artist. And so, but it is always a challenge. For, but my dad's a preacher. And I remember my dad, he refused to buy a new car, still does. But he bought, he finally broke down because he needed a new car and he, he kept the car parked in the garage for three weeks.
2: And he bought the same color car that no one would realize. Yeah. I was like, why
3: aren't you driving your new car? He's like, man, I don't want the people in the church to like think that I'm living high on the hog as he, and I'm like, dad, you bought a Honda. (laughs) Like he bought a Honda and he was convinced that like people were going to think, oh, man, he's like spending people's tithes or something. So I think that's one of the pressures. And just from a lifestyle standpoint, you know, it's like there is a lot of pressure. There's a I've always since a, a young age felt a pressure to be perfect. And I write a lot about that now, like because with the pressure to be perfect comes like a tendency to pretend Mm -hmm. too. And so I don't like that about me. I don't like how good I've gotten at like saying the right things and looking the part. And then you just feel like a big old hypocrite when you're not living the part, but show me someone who lives the part every second of every day. And so I think that's where grace comes in, like grace for each other, grace from God, you know, grace from our kids. And hopefully that's the big thing for me is like, I don't want my kids to grow up seeing, mom and dad were like when the camera was on or when they're on stage or when he's on stage like he's you know this showman Mm. and pointing people towards faith and then he comes off stage and he's a different person like I don't want to be a walking contradiction I want to you know not be perfect but like I want to be authentic so there's a lot of pressure in that and you feel like man if I mess up they'll never forgive me kind of thing. And that's no way to live your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that my wife and my daughter don't hold me to that standard. Like when I come home, it's a safe place. It's a safe place. Cause mm-hmm. I know like there's no judgment there's in, Oh, that we could have more circles around us that make us feel safe too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So
2: remind me of the ages of your daughters and what grades they're in. Um, Lulu's 14 and she's going to be a freshman. And okay. Delaney's eleven, she'll be in sixth grade. Okay. So I'm curious. 14 year olds
1: interested in relationships yet, dating, anything yet? <laughs> oh, <laughs> because like, it's happening. I, yeah. <laughs> it's happening. I was gonna ask with relationships and dating, having been married and we have a daughter. We're going to have to go through that someday, which yeah. is terrifying.
3: Are you already nervous about that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I, sh- I don't know. No, I don't feel like that, like, manly attitude of uh, no, no young kid's going to walk through my front door. Oh. It's just, like, I, I would hope I raise her that, like, anybody she would hang out with is, like, a decent dude, you
3: know? Yeah, you'll, cha- you'll change. Like, <laughs> uh, <'Cause laughs>
1: I asked because I'm curious. If you were to give her dating or relationship advice as a teenage girl. What's like the top thing you would tell her or say?
2: Hmm. Hey, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) This is Nash. Um, We've already talked a lot about um, just being true to who she is and, you know, she, she's just kind of funny. She's she's really not that interested in boys yet. Mm-hmm. She thinks they're cute, and she hopes someone asks her to homecoming. But she's just not there. Yeah. We've talked about, like, don't get wrapped up in a boy and, like, date the same person all through high school. She's like, oh, why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> like she's got a really good head on her shoulders about it all. Yeah. Don't you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, from an advice standpoint, I mean, I think we all know. I mean, very few high school sweet start – High school sweetheart stories exist like, you know, I I mean, we talk a lot about like, you know, saving your heart and saving your body and and making the right choices. Like most awkward moment of my life to this point thus far has been (laughs) our daughter turned 13 and Emily read in a book that if you have uh, a boy, if you have sons, the mom should have the sex talk. And if you have daughters, then the dad should be in charge of it. And I was like, that's so convenient that Emily would read that because <laughs> we want up having two daughters. So I had to tell I had to take uh, I decided when my daughters turn 13, I'll take them each for a weekend trip. No agenda. I don't have any shows. It's just like wherever you want to go, whatever you want to do. So she wanted to go swimming with sharks.
2: Street. That's awesome. I'm scared
3: of sharks. Like that's my biggest fear. But I didn't want to like yeah. you know squelch her adventurous spirit. So we went swimming with sharks in Florida, 20 bull sharks, and unbelievable experience. But then I had to talk about we we went to dinner one night and I was like, hey, there's and I gave her a ring that was like a what what do you call it? It's like, like
2: a, a purity ring. Yeah, yeah,
3: like a prom you know a commitment. We talked about all things like and I said, here's the deal dad's got to talk about some things. It's part of my job as a dad. It's going to be super awkward for a few minutes. So just <laughs> eat your dessert and please be, please forgive me if it's awkward, but I'm going to try my best. And it's only cause I love you. And because I love you, I'm willing to have awkward conversations with you. And it wound up being a really beautiful moment, but the shark cage diving wound up being the perfect analogy. Cause I was like, all right, mm-hmm. remember those sharks? Like, okay. So like, the boys are like the sharks <laughs> and, and they're hungry and so you cannot leave the cage. So that was my
1: like, That's
3: what he said. That's pretty much what I said. <laughs> we, talked about, I mean, we talked about the specifics too, uh, but that was, my, that was my lead in. We're,
1: we're good, good, good. Yeah. So, <laughs> Mom's like, okay, good. Okay, but yeah. <laughs>
3: our girls, man, they're gorgeous and they're just, um, you know, boys are going to be coming after and we're starting to have like boy-girl like hangs. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, let's just do it at our house. Yeah. So I can kind of... Keep an eye on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So oh. I, I need some advice. You guys have been married
0: 17 years. We're at four. And my dad and mom always used to give us the analogy of like, all right, you're two independent people. And like you, the goal is to just like a triangle grow towards God, like the center mm-hmm. point. We've known each other for seven years. It's like mm-hmm. you get to a point almost where you're like, I, I pretty much know her as I know her like really well, like probably 99% of the things to know about Sean, I know like maybe, am I right? Yeah. How do you guys, how <laughs> have you guys continued to grow closer like, and like be more connected? Cause we just had, we had a kid through a huge wrench in the whole like connected, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like to be honest with you, you guys have two, I'm just yeah. curious how yeah. you've done that.
2: I just remember those early years of having kids feeling that way. Mm -hmm. But the more, for me anyway, and you have a different answer, but for me, the more trials we go through, the more I love him. Do you know what I mean? The mm-hmm. more hard conversations, the more getting through parenting together, the more changes, you know, we've moved and just different things that have gone on in our life in the past few years. I definitely love him more than I did Thank when you. we got married. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just going through life, just the day in and day out. And like, I love watching him with our kids. That So we're just, I, you know, like you're saying, I think we're just constantly growing closer just through living life and doing life together. And wouldn't you say?
3: Yeah, I, I think the the time of discovery like the season of discovery with your spouse may seem like it's it comes to an end like it's like what don't i know about you at this point but it it renews itself Mm. in the sense that like the more you discover the kind of mom that sean is and how she like keeps this house rocking and the more you discover like andrew's ideas and creativity (laughs) and like there's just, like, there's a new discovery of, like, I know what makes this person tick. I know what, but, what buttons to push to yeah. and all that. But it's, it becomes, like, the, the, the bigger your family gets, too, like, the more there is to discover. And what she said is true. Like, sometimes, man, the things that we wish never happened, they're going to keep us more connected than ever. Like, there's those moments where we've had some moments in the last few years specifically where it's felt like us against the world. And it's like, man, when you have those kind of trials or those fires, like I know at the end of the day, like there may be a million people around me. Everybody's got an agenda. Everybody wants something, wants me for a different reason. People, you know, friends may come and go in her life, but like I can point to one person who I know yeah. has my back. And like that, I mean, that's a level of connectedness that like you you can't put a price tag on that. And so that's been the fun thing, you know, but even like little things, I'll also say like her on Instagram, like her, she'll post these things on Instagram. And I'm like, gosh, she's hilarious. Like her, like there's things that I'll notice about her. that I'm like, I've known you for 17 years, but I didn't know you had that twisted of a sense of humor or something. Like <laughs> she just posts these memes on Instagram. And I'm like, gosh, she's funny. So I think there's, there is going to be still, more discovery to come and that's what's exciting about it like 17 years in i'm like first of all i can't believe it's been that many years and you'll probably do the same thing where it's like holy cow how does four years turn into 17 years this is unbelievable and hopefully you guys will just continue to get more like deeper and deeper connection with every new stage of life yeah
0: emily i'm curious so based off what i know about your upbringing like matthew's talking about um us against the world mentality. Was that, was that something you had to actively kind of work on was your perspective based off the example that was set for you? And then like, all right, well, we're going to make it through it. We have this refuse to lose mentality. Can you like walk us through that mm-hmm. sure. process?
2: No, it, it absolutely has been that I, in our marriage, we both, like he said, refused to fail. But I remember on our 11th wedding anniversary, I was like, we did it because my parents <laughs> were married 10 years mm-hmm. and there was just something. Do you remember that? I was so thankful and like even more than any other anniversary, like we did it. We, we did better than them mm-hmm. and we're going to continue on. But for sure, I saw, we always say I learned what not to do in s- more situations than I care to share. Um, and so that has instilled in me and my sister's just the same way. She's been married for 20 years that we, we won't fail. Yeah. Call Mm -hmm. us in 20 years. It'll still be us Mm -hmm. beyond a shadow of a doubt without, you know, regardless of what's to come, you know, we won't fail. And I think just having that example and seeing what it did to my sister and I lived through divorce and going summers with my dad and, you know, the rest of the year with my mom and what that felt like, I refused to do that to our kids. And honestly, I think I've always felt that way. But when we when we gave birth, I was like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm I'm hunkering down like this is it. You know what I mean? Do you?
3: Yeah, there's did um, want to
2: do that to them.
3: You remember, so uh, there's a line in a song. I never released it, but it says, the world writes it down in pencil, but we wrote it down in pen. Mm-hmm. They say when love gets hard, take back your heart and start again. Mm-hmm. And it's like the idea of just how, mm-hmm. how flippant people are with relationships right now. And it's like, it, it's crazy just that refusal to fail. But I thought I was going to be like God's gift to her to show mm-hmm. her my parents are still together. I'll show you how it is. <laughs> and you but, but what's been beautiful is like coming from dysfunction and what the woman that she is rising up out of that dysfunction and not letting that define her is. Yeah, is such an unbelievable legacy. And I bet there's a lot of people I'm willing to bet people that are listening to your podcast all the time. One of the reasons they might be listening is because maybe they come from dysfunction and they're afraid that history is going to repeat itself. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like one of the beautiful, most fitting pictures I could paint about Emily West is that she is somebody who has proven it's possible to rise up out of dysfunctional family or whatever it may be and say, you know what? Those chains aren't going to come with me. I'm not bringing that dysfunction into this house. I'm going to pave a new path. And like that's, it's possible, and a lot of people just feel like, oh man, I'm just gonna, I'm afraid to get married even, because I'm afraid it's just gonna end the same way. And it's like, man, when yeah. you make that choice to depart from the dysfunction you knew and say history is not gonna repeat itself this time, this gener, this curse is gonna, gonna be broken. You know?
0: Yeah, man, I just, I feel like honestly the, the coolest part about Mar- we talked a lot about Second Acts when you uh, yeah, had us love on your that. show, yeah. And it's, it's kind of the same thing in marriage where it's like, you got to go through the, like you have to, you're going to go through hard stuff and you have to make it through that. And then it's like, in in our experience so far, it's like so much better on the other side because you understand each other better and you're more connected. And, uh, it's just like, I,
1: you, you actually said, I'm like, you said it in this interview, you said, I love you to him. I love you now more than I ever did even at our wedding. I say it all the time and I I feel like it sounds weird and bad to say, but I tell Andrew every single day I want to get married again because like we've been going to friends' weddings Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you have no idea what love is when you get married. (laughs) You truly don't. (laughs) Like we watched a friend get married the other day and we're like, you just don't know yet. And I mean, we're only four years in, but it's because you go through so much. (laughs) So true. And I just like laugh at the person I was, which is funny, and it's still a beautiful thing, but you just go through all the junk and it just gets better and better every time.
3: Well, now with your beautiful baby, it's like, I mean, have 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 you found that's like, all right. Th- I mean, has that brought you closer together too? I know you're joking oh, about like the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, I mean, we we probably had some knockdown dragouts. When our first baby was born, like for so sure, we—I mean, because oh, yeah.
2: <sighs> no like sleep nobody's
3: sleeping, and like <laughs> yeah. I, mean.
2: I can do so, so vividly remember him coming off the road, and Lulu was like four months old, and I was like, he just got off the road, like I don't want him to have to get up. But there, I was nursing, whatever. So I'm in the living room, and she's crying, and I just started crying, and I'm not really a crier, and I'm like, oh, this stinks, you know. And then he walked out, and he was like, give her to me, and he took her, and I went to bed and slept for hours, you know, that I had needed. Yeah. Do you remember
3: that? Oh, I remember every good thing I've ever
2: done. (laughs) That's all I remember.
3: (laughs) No, but I mean, the kids like that's that's the next level. Mm -hmm. Like that's the the next level down from a depth standpoint, from an understanding of each other, from a closeness to each other, from a realization that we can't screw this up. These kids like depend on us. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's uh, but having how many kids you guys think you can have? Didn't you got wait? <laughs> like
2: somebody feel like four. we talked about
3: this and you were starting it or no? This was in your YouTube video. Yeah,
2: yeah. he
1: started at like a football team. I started at two, and now we're crossing Almost ways. Flipped. He's going down. I'm going up. So
3: you're going up.
1: Yeah. Wow. I I'm an only child though, so I I never understood siblings, even just like marrying into a big family. I never understood that bond mm-hmm. until having a kid mm-hmm. and seeing her play with her cousins. Mm-hmm. I could not. Imagine her not having siblings, and the idea of like hearing kids run around upstairs and fight. Oh, I just I want more fight. Yes, Yeah. Well, it. yeah, fighting.
3: Fighting. Yeah. It. it's um, am on the when I had them on our show, I told them I that I had a theory because I like my conspiracy theories, but my conspiracy theory oh, is yeah. that that the government has arranged them to to have like <laughs> super babies, like super babies with super athletic powers. Oh, sure. And like that they're going to be our new military. And so I think the government's going to decide how many children they have. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: That's really weird. (laughs) We can't disclose how many. It's a joke.
3: I know. Uh, (laughs) It's like you thought of that?
2: You thought of this.
3: That's really weird. weird. That makes no sense.
1: Wait. Okay. So I ask, we ask the same three questions to every couple we interview. Okay. Okay. But before we ask them, you have to choose who goes first you <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, real quick before you ask like i don't know why your dog likes me you better than my heart, dog for sure my dog okay Could so i have a first. pug, do don't you we, we have, have a Havenies.
1: Our,
3: our pug is in heaven thanks for bringing that oh,
1: up i'm well, yeah. so sorry she's
3: yeah. in a better place
1: <laughs> you have oh. a havenies <laughs> yeah Aww. nick nick Was <laughs> nick nick nick
3: not there when you were at my house i don't uh-uh. think yeah. i met yeah Yeah, yeah You put him
1: in. We have different different strategies with
3: the dogs. Your dog is (laughs) like. He's great. I think I want this dog to come (laughs) home. So three questions. Okay,
1: three questions. So we'll go back and forth. But the first one is what is your biggest pet peeve with Emily?
3: Um (laughs) just one? Is that where we're going? Just one. Just one. (laughs) Um okay, well, when she asks for something to be done. It has to be done (laughs) immediately or you will hear. It'll literally sound like Alexa is reminding you (laughs) on a timer. Take the trash out. Did you take take your vitamins? Did you take your
2: vitamins? It's
3: nonstop. Like she wants something done, but she wants it done right away. And I'm like, give me five minutes and I'll take the trash out. (laughs) Five minutes later, I'll come, and she already I'm took it, it out, <laughs> and she's pissed. Because
2: I need to put more stuff uh, in there. Five yeah. minutes
3: later, she took the trash out, and she's mad at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though I was going to do it. I just wanted to do it on my time.
2: <laughs> Have you ever seen
1: the meme or video of same exact thing? Like, the wife is saying, Will you do this. Two minutes go by, and she does it, but she, like... It's like the full drum line is playing while she does it. And she's throwing stuff around. It's awesome.
3: That's my pet peeve. Yeah. So does she answer that? You know? So now oh, Emily, like, what's your biggest yeah. pet
2: peeve? Okay, I've been thinking about this. I don't know uh, why. Um, he <laughs> you've is, been thinking about like, it all day. Lately, you know, <laughs> He is the world's loudest sneezer. Oh, dang. I mean, like, in the middle of the night even. Like, put your head in a pillow because the person next to you is asleep. <laughs>
3: I do it on purpose, and then
2: no. I go. Did you hear? I, that? Yes, every single time. That's it makes thing. me crazy. It doesn't really make me crazy that's unless I'm thing. like falling asleep or asleep. That's my thing.
3: No, really, that. All right. I so
0: like well, I, I do have to. On that note, Sean sneezes, but she plugs her nose, so it's always like a. I, like know, a squeak, I never. Know. Oh, but then she never hurt? just she never yes. just does it one time. It's always like a sequence of twenty. And so, like the first little. time, I'm like, I'm like, God bless you. And then, like by the fourth time, I'm like. <laughs> This needs to end. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of your business, Sean. End it now. Anyway, but.
1: you almost get mad now if I even start. She's like, "Here, we go. Oh, yeah. here, we, here go. we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault."
3: <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so allergic?
1: Okay, next question. All right. What do you love the most about Emily?
3: Oh man, um, I selfishly I love that she loves me no matter what Uh, but i know that's me focused what i love about her is the she is so focused on other people she loves people well which includes the people in our house she puts other other people's needs before her own and she's a good friend to people too like she just is thoughtful and thinking of other people all the time which is in my line of work like where so much of it is like self-focused like that's an inspiration for me that's got to be one of the things that i love the most Mm. did it was that right that's that's what you told me to say right right right. (laughs)
2: that's sweet thank you um i think gosh there's there's really i don't mean this like um cliche but there's really so much i love about him Mm. (laughs) but i think Amen. (laughs) amen amen um i think the thing i love the most is just how good he is to us to our family to putting us first like he said in this in what he does it can be all about him mm-hmm. and when it should be it is but when he's home it's all about us he would drop anything for for us you, you know like i don't even know but i think it's just the way you love our family well and you take care of us well and you let us know that we're your priority for sure without a doubt if i said tomorrow i think i want you to be done even though you're called to this I think I'm done. He would he would figure a way out to make us happy, you know? Mm -hmm.
3: We're gonna be making out after this interview. (laughs) In the car. car? Like all these nice things we're saying to each other.
2: Uh No, you love us so well. What I
3: I I love
0: I could just see it in your eyes when you're both answering that question is like you know, it's kinda of a relatively short answer, a couple sentences, but there's seventeen years of mm-hmm. backstory
3: to that. It's just cool. It's like inspiring. So well, too yeah. much too often we focus on like what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So this is it, yeah. these are good moments to focus on like the, I love these questions. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you uh we always end with do you have
0: any I guess words of advice or maybe it could be encouragement for young couples out there, whether they're dating engaged or married? What have you guys learned looking back over your 17 years that you would like to share with others?
3: Well, I love some of the things that we were able to talk about with like what Emily, Emily's story and like, yeah. Rising above like dysfunction in your life. I would say just as to piggyback off of that, just from a life standpoint, like your past is your past and it does not have to dictate your future. And, even like for a couple listening to this right now that maybe is in the middle of a rough patch, like this is this is an opportunity maybe to follow the lead of the questions you just asked, even just like, hey, let's focus on some good things about each other. Let's yeah. take a deep breath. And uh, the the last and biggest thing I would say is um, forgiveness is the is an absolute necessity mm-hmm. when it comes to your life but when it comes to your marriage too. And what I have found is our marriage is so much better when we're both on a race to the, if, if I'm sorry is the finish line that we want to get there as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And the Bible talks about not letting the sun go down on your anger. And it's like too many times you just, I've stood my ground and what does it gain me? Like, and so I've, I want, I hope my family will see in me not perfection, but a willingness to like go, hey, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Sorry for what I said. Sorry for how I handled that. And that diffuses and cuts, it, it can cut short a longstanding feud that really doesn't need to exist. And that's where the disconnect happens. Yeah. The more, the farther apart you get without saying, I'm sorry, man, that's when you start getting
2: those, yes. those
3: different rooms, those, diff- those days turn into weeks. And we've held, we've stood our ground. We've proven to each other <laughs> that we can stand our ground for a, quite a while. And that is no fun. And I don't want to be that way anymore. I want to be quick to the finish line of I'm sorry. And I think a lot of relationships could benefit from that mentality.
2: You're mm. so good at that. I feel like better than I am. Um, I would say, I just remember our first years, and ours is a little different because he traveled so much, were so hard. I just remember being so in love and so happy, but they were so hard. And the thing that, I, the advice that I would give is be on your knees in prayer the minute He walks, the minute your spouse walks out the door for everything that they do, every dream that they have, every car ride that they're taking, you're just, it's really helped me to be constantly in prayer for him, for the little things and for the big. Um, I think that's what, what has gotten us to stay together as long as we have. I mean, our marriage is great and we're totally happy, but without that, I don't know where we would have been. We, we would be a bit lost without just relying, having, knowing he's praying for me and praying for him constantly.
0: Mm.
2: so lots of prayer
0: I like that mm. um, I was thinking on that note the other day about how like prayer is so cool in so many different aspects but one of them is like you're, you're kind of like setting goals or ambitions or like putting your desires out there which I was thinking about how important that is for couples to be on the same page with that like when, when you're both pers- like chasing something together mm-hmm. you're just your team as opposed to like just two people living in the same house so mm-hmm.
3: anyway um, this was fun I hope this you guys so enjoyed it we we yeah. think the world of you guys and you. as you mentioned uh in a text thread he <laughs> he said uh what'd you say <laughs> i'm like one of um your your oldest yeah my, the oldest friend in my phone book yeah so we're glad we did in part some senior <laughs> yes. citizen wisdom on you guys yeah. but we, we think you guys are just incredible and i know your podcast and all the things you're doing are just encouraging so many people and showing them, you know, how it's done, you know. And you're showing them be- while you're figuring it your out, which right. I think is the- that's the most authentic way to live our lives. Like, hey, we're not we don't have it all figured out. We're working on it, but if we can be an encouragement to people along the way, and you guys are doing that. So, so keep up the good work. Appreciate that. Thanks guys. for
0: having you us.
1: Guys well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you guys as well. Thank you guys as well.